Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Jen, and today I'm going to be interviewing a special guest. She goes by Kitty, and I really found her page through my TikTok world. I feel like I've been following and watching her journey as she has just been posting and evolving on her spiritual path. I was so excited to reach out to her. She is a writer and author, a TikTok content creator, a creativity coach, and the author of the book, Tarot Affirmations. And we're going to be breaking down tarot the journey for each of us and just going over how you can utilize tarot and these cards in your healing journey. So without further ado, hello, Kitty. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. And it feels so surreal to like hear your voice. You know, you get to know people through content and then it's a wild journey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I know your face so well. And so, yeah, I'm just so excited for you to come on and share all this with us. So if you want to start us off by just sharing some of your spiritual journey, because we're an awakening podcast and definitely we've evolved so much even since creating this. And I just love to hear just some of your spiritual journey and how Tarot found you. Um, Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, I am also so excited to be here. And it's so cool. And I'm so grateful for the internet and for TikTok specifically, because like the spiritual side of TikTok has connected me with some of the coolest people. Mm-hmm, same. <laughs> um, but so my spiritual, like awakening or spiritual journey started when I was 20, maybe I started, um, I fell in love with astrology around the same time that I started reading spiritual texts and like the power of now. Um, and that kind of stuff. But uh, even before then, when I was in high school, um, I learned that my friend's mom knew how to read tarot cards. And I thought that was so cool. So I like ran to Barnes and Nobles to get myself a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was probably a sophomore in high school, like maybe 16, 17. Um, but as soon as I came home and had the cards in my hand, like I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, they seem so powerful. Well, I was, they, they seem spooky. Uh-huh. And so I, and my parents did not like raise me or my younger brothers, like religious at all. Like I had no, um, I don't know, indoctrination or like preconceived notion about tarot cards, but having them in my hands, I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And so I like did not touch them until I started getting into astrology and reading those books and being like, hmm, let me... Let me go back to this stuff. Uh And so really like my journey with learning how to read tarot went hand in hand with also learning about like spiritual concepts um, and astrology. It all kind of got mushed together. Very cool. And when did you start? Yeah. What led to the writing of the book? Mm, That was years later. So in 2020, I was 23. So um, after a couple years of like learning about astrology and tarot on my own, I started making uh, astrology and tarot TikToks. Um, and that like, well, one, <laughs> sorry to backtrack, but um, during 2020, I definitely reached and leaned on astrology 
uh, and my spirituality so much more intensely than I had in previous years. So then making content, making TikToks for fun about that stuff and doing like little tarot card readings on TikTok for fun, it just made my passion for it so much more intense. In 2020, during quarantine, I really doubled down on my like enjoyment of researching things about astrology and learning the cards and doing readings for myself. And like, I really leaned on my spirituality during quarantine. Um, and then that led me to like start making TikToks just for fun about astrology, about tarot. And that connected me with people that were also into it. So that made me feel so much less crazy <laughs> and less alone. Um, Spiritual and- TikTok in 2020 was a whole collective community vibe let me tell you god yeah crazy (laughs) like (laughs) crazy in the best way and then also crazy in some yeah it took a lot of turns (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I found you I probably found you pretty early on because I feel like I've watched you for a long time so yeah wild did you start making TikToks around that same time yeah 2020 March yep same path (laughs) okay so cool yeah Um, And then after a year or so, maybe two years into doing readings online consistently, starting to take clients and like doing readings for other people. um, When I decided that I was like, actually wanted to like read other people for real, for real. uh, I, that's what led me to making the book because it's a collection of affirmations that correspond to every single card, um, every single upright and every single reversal And the act of creating it helped me sit down and like really make myself more comfortable with the cards because I was already familiar with them, but it was just like me almost being a little bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. (laughs) And like having to sift through my interpretation of them, the like textbook standard traditional meanings of them, and then create these affirmations. Um, But what came out of it is a cool little tool to help people get more comfortable with the cards. Amazing. I love that. And then, yeah, you really kind of shifted gears. You were saying a little bit away from tarot, but it's circling back. You want to share a little bit about that too? Yeah. Um, So after pursuing, uh, well, the thing, listen, I love TikTok. I love the internet, but the internet also loves to niche you down. Mm -hmm. Um, And there can be a lot of success in niching yourself down. Um, And I'm very grateful for the astrology side of TikTok, but I very quickly got boxed into Mm -hmm. it. And um, I, prior to making TikToks um, about astrology and tarot, I was working on a magazine centered around creativity and mental health. Um, But in a lot of ways, I was ready to walk away from the magazine because I felt like I was ready to talk about my spirituality and that wasn't exactly the avenue to do so. So it made sense to like pivot and do TikToks. But then after a couple of years of only talking about astrology, I realized that I missed having an outlet to talk about creativity and just mental health without a spiritual context. Um, so about a year ago, I stopped taking clients and I stopped making astrology and tarot centered content for the sake of like trying to unbox myself Mm -hmm. from that niche. And I started talking about creativity 
Um, and really, I just started leaning more on my intuition and just sharing messages that seemed relevant to my like my own like personal life, but also what felt relevant to like the collective's energy that I could pick up on. And I started giving messages like without the cards. Um, and <laughs> uh, just in these like past couple weeks, I I have felt like the tug to return to tarot and return to astrology, especially um, being in the middle of eclipse season. Yeah, yeah. It's like in moments of chaos, of course, I'm going to lean on my tools the most. And yeah. tarot is definitely a tool that I use to like help me ground myself in. Yeah. That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Some of your journey. And I think that's the coolest thing of the spiritual path, right? Is everything ends up circling back in some way. It always, you can really see the relevance of things in retrospect, like so much more. Like, I think it's so cool in your story that you had this deck just sitting there from such a young age, not knowing that there was going to be this like, slow creation of a relationship and meeting it in so many different intuitive ways and then deeper dive depth ways understanding the cards like origin like all of that was kind of a little seed that even started like so young for you so I love that oh yeah it's so cool yeah so neat and it always I think that is something we so share on here is that like Nothing like really falls onto your path for nothing. I think you always end up circling back and seeing the reason. And yeah, I think for me, I so relate to the TikTok world and being niched in. I think I started, I think it's cool for both of us that I, you know, I had these tools of spirituality way before the pandemic. And I was just so grateful to have those things to be able to lean on and it felt really sacred when the pandemic hit the people that had kind of already started having like deeper, like a deeper journey of diving into their soul and kind of looking at the connectedness of the universe and just sacredness. Like it ended up being just such a good kind of guiding light for the chaos that was happening in the collective. And I really appreciated that all these people were stepping into kind of sharing it felt like a deep calling at that time. Did you feel that too? Oh yeah, it did. Huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, I just wanted to kind of, yeah, have it as an outlet just to kind of share all these things I had been digging into. And I found that the people that it was attracting were just deeply needing tools in their toolbox. So I felt like I really got to step into like a teaching role for the first time when I had been kind of more closeted and kind of in my phase of like, I mean, I had years of like studying the same type of books and texts and going through trainings and workshops and all of this stuff was still very scary to be like more public about, but I needed that creative outlet as well at that time. And the feedback in the community from it was absolutely incredible. And yeah, I loved it. I found all these, I, I really started di diving deep into astrology 
pretty much, it started in like 2019, but got so big. So finding all these people talking about the things I loved, like on the platform, it was amazing. And I love that there was like tarot readers and everything just, it felt like the world opened up and I was able to see something that in my actual physical reality, I wasn't getting to see a lot of. And it kind of built this intrinsic confidence to... Yeah, own a lot of the stuff that I had been working on. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah, um, I moved through something extremely similar, uh, but also, uh, it <laughs> like being honest online about like what I believe in and sharing what I actually felt, and even just like sharing little tarot card readings. It also made me confront a lot of the skepticism mm-hmm. that I had been like unknowingly carrying for a while mm-hmm. since like beginning my spiritual journey. So that was, that was good for me in the long run too. Yeah. Um, to just show up and kind of confront the, uh, the part of me that didn't fully believe mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the things that I, in the things that were helpful to me and the things that had improved the quality of my life. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And I think this is definitely important. We're going to dive into tarot a little bit and go into more depth, but I think, yeah, kind of connecting the dots on what tools were helping and hurting and how to have like a good relationship with all of them. I think what we saw for people not on TikTok that listened to the podcast, like there was just a really wild kind of ebb and flow of that platform because I think the spiritual community really found themselves. But I think in that time too, it was reflective in a lot of ways because you also saw people taking things in a way that did not feel like intuitively good to me. I saw people taking tarot kind of way too far. I watched a lot of people becoming more anxious from some of the tools versus knowing how to, yeah, use it as like a healthy extension. I think it sounds like from your journey and I know with mine that you can't use stuff outside of you until you've done some of the work on the inside. And I think what was happening was people were flocking to these tools outside of themselves when really it has to kind of merge with where you're at in your own, like peering into your soul, looking at the shadow side of things, like digging through some of those old wounds. Like a lot of that had already started to happen to me. And so then all these other tools became a way to kind of like meditate inward, reflect. And yeah, I think I I met a lot of those tools in a healthy way because of some of my skepticism and just like having other things kind of fall into my plate beforehand. But then tarot was really pretty healthy. I had a pretty rela- like healthy relationship with it, I think early on, but I definitely saw people just pull in like, 20 readings a day saying like, it's just, I can't weave all this together. And it's like, yeah, maybe it's getting like a little stretched. What is your take on some of that? Um, No, I feel the exact same way. I think that tarot is such a unique tool um, because I believe that it's just one way that we can learn how to like actually trust ourselves as channels Mm -hmm. and as sources or as um, messengers um to to source energy itself or just 
um, the wisest part of our being. Like it's a way that we can access our intuition in a physical form. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, another reason that I stepped away from it was because I had clients where I could, I could see that they were using tarot, tarot to substitute therapy or yeah. maybe a little bit deeper into like their own stuff. Um, because like anything, it can become addictive. Yeah. And then also tarot is like storytelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think as humans, we also just love a good story and we love to hear about ourselves. And so it also makes sense to me, like the addictive escapist uh, tendency that exists for us to like want to consume and hear about our own lives and like hear that things are going to be okay or hear certain feedback. Yeah. And so actually living our lives <laughs> and Absolutely. putting ourselves in situations where we would find the clarity on our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I think for me, what I found worked best, and I'd love to hear for you, like how you kind of use the tarot, we can break it down. But I found for me that it felt really helpful just to do a reading for myself and then, you know, post it up on my little altar, just like have it out because I wanted time for the message to be able to integrate and kind of like think through it and watch life kind of unfold and kind of see this interwoven connection with that. So to me, it was helpful to do yeah, like less frequent readings. I usually would do one with like, yeah, new moons or something like setting into the like moon cycle. And for me, yeah, just like not letting it overwhelm. But I love that you also, it sounds like through your book, kind of wrote it through like a more affirmation lens, which is awesome way to kind of create a healthier boundary system with it (laughs) um, automatically. Because I've seen people be like, oh, fuck, like, reversed my whole life's shit and like you know just make themselves like paranoid to the point of like yeah just overwhelm when I find it's often a direct correlation to what is like currently going on it makes me feel very validated usually in my current experience and then when I use that as a tool for like maybe even the near future, what I'm currently kind of going through as guidance, then I can really keep looking at those cards and seeing it as something that I can journal and reflect with. What's your favorite way to kind of use them or how has that evolved for you? I usually journal with them. Yeah. I love your, I love the idea of like keeping the reading out though. And like what you said you do, you put it on your altar. I think Mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, But for the most part, like I will especially and I always recommend this to people that are like trying to learn tarot um pretty early on like just start with one card pull and then journal about the card the meaning what comes up for you um and for the most part I still kind of do that I'll only pull like a few cards nothing crazy and then journal about that or write down whatever feels relevant I love that yeah Yeah. So let's kind of do a little tarot school breakdown. Um, I can share for me first. Um, Yeah. So I definitely wanted to kind of like memorize the cards through. I wanted to get where I haven't had to go to like biddytarot.com and read every (laughs) single like full thing. I wanted to kind of develop a meaning with the cards. And I think with any card deck, 
the more time you kind of spend with it over years, the more you'll see patterns kind of connect of like, oh, I always get this kind of card when this is kind of coming up. Like I definitely... I'm such a pattern seer anyway. And I definitely am like, okay, I know what this is like pulling to. I always get, you know, cards like this um, when this kind of thing is going on. But I think for me, understanding that the cards are broken into elements, at least the minor cards, I really liked that because for me, I already had astrology as such a tool. So knowing there was water, fire, earth, and air, and knowing that within the suit, it kind of goes through that same kind of journey of the zodiacs. There's like an initiation, there's kind of a more fixed middle, and then there's kind of this like mutable towards the end enclosure of something. And I like to see that flow of each of the elements, but I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool way to view it that whenever, yeah, cups are coming up, cups are always going to be kind of correlated to that water element. And it shows kind of a mysticism, intuitive, emotional type of journey for the wands that really correlates to fire. So you can see like the passion, innovation, creativity, kind of spark of something like exciting. And then going into swords, it matches with that air element. So it's usually your communication, intellect, a journey of learning something new or integrating new knowledge and then going into pentacles that is the earth elements of something practical material um yeah something to do with money or something more in the practical reality kind of surfacing up and that little correlation link was so huge for me. So I'd love, Kitty, you tell us, yeah, any of the tarot school knowledge you kind of want to share, some of your like ways you kind of grasp the cards or how you like to kind of share with people how they can use them. Yeah. Um, I do want to begin by saying <laughs> it is so overwhelming in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cards. <laughs> A lot of cards. And then every single card has essentially like two different meanings. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love your approach because it is, it, it, it helps you wrap your brain around it to break it all up, break the cards up into suits Mm -hmm. and elements. Um, And so the, there's the first 20 cards of the deck are called the major arcana. And then the cards, the rest of the cards that all pertain to different elements. um, They're the minor arcana. And I think it's Latin, but the translation for major and minor arcana uh, is little and big secrets. I love that. Um, so the major arcana are the big secrets. And they're essentially 20 different archetypes. And so I think that can also be helpful when approaching the cards. Like each little card has a little story. Like there's a little main character and a little something happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when approaching the cards, I also think it can be helpful to like not look up their definitions right away and just sit with the illustrations. Yeah. And so then you intuitively have your own understanding of what that energy means to you. Um, and then the more comfortable, the more time you spend with the cards, uh, then you reach for those definitions and then like kind of meet, make a middle ground between your interpretation of them and then the traditional standard interpretation of them. Um, but in the very beginning with that major arcana, the 20, uh, cards, they tell the tale of the fool's journey, which is pretty similar to 
the hero's journey. Um, and so in the story, the main character is the fool that we see on the very first card with the number zero. And then um, he goes on to like <laughs> meet every single other archetype in the major arcana. So like the next person that he meets is like the magician. Um, but then of course the magician has his own little story. And so if you can make it <laughs> as fun for yourself as possible when approaching the cards, I think that's your best bet. I love that. Yeah. And I've heard that it's kind of the full journey to enlightenment. So by meeting all these characters, the fool is kind of unpacking all this internal stuff and ends up, yeah, knowing how to kind of face all these things, both outside and within um, yeah. himself. Have you heard it that way? Yeah, I have. I love it that way too. Yeah. And I, I think it's so true. I love that preface that, yeah, the cards getting less fixated on the technical meaning and learning to trust your intuition around them is so huge. And there is a lot, if you don't take it so practical, there really is a lot of just energetic things to pick up on when you just look at the cards. So even just like sitting and spending time with the like pictures and noticing like what you sense from that and how it feels and connects is so important. And I think it's also good to preface that I've I've seen some people only want to interpret them upright and think the reverse is just like so heavy and so dark, but mm -hmm. I don't ever really see it that way. I think the reverse of the cards is often just a little, for a big chunk of the cards, it's just more of a drawing inward and kind of going back to like the root of that from more within versus the upright can be kind of showing something is most likely moving outside of you and I see it that way. And I always see the reverse as like, okay, that energy, I probably need to look at it from like a different angle more within myself. Do you have like a takeaway of the upright versus reversed? I love that. Um, I love that uh, your interpretation of just having to look at the situation from a different angle. I think mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Um, but how funny that it's such a universal experience for us to freak out when we see a <laughs> reverse <Yeah>. card. <laughs> I get it for the tower card, but yeah. it's not ever like a surprise. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I, and I've heard the, in, the definition or like the interpretation that like, um, a reversed card can indicate like a blockage of that mm -hmm. energy. Yeah. And I think, I think it's more nuanced than that. Cause I think like, yes, sometimes it just indicates that this energy wants to come through or be felt and experienced. And there is something getting in the way of that. Um, but also I think sometimes like with a card being in a reverse position, maybe you're going to be drawn to something on the illustration that you normally wouldn't be drawn to. So that's making you focus on a different part of the card and like a different part of that energy. I don't necessarily think it's, it's not a necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that too. Like even the picture changes. And when you look at it, it's cool. Like for some, instead of it landing in the hand, it's falling out of the hand. Like that yeah. stuff is really cool to interpret. And it doesn't mean your whole world's going to fall apart. Like it's, <laughs> that's some of the things that shake us up to view things in a different way can be like the most important steps. So I've seen, yeah, I had a friend that just was like, oh, I would never read them reversed. <laughs> I was like, I think there can can be some wisdom in that but okay like that's just my take um and yeah I think it's really cool like I like if you're learning it I think it's fun as 
you said too, Katie, there's so much as you go on the spiritual journey, you'll realize a lot of the tools all kind of have some of the same the same kind of essence and energy. It's all learning to read energy, right? And like, there's just so much that directly mirrors and reflects. And I think it is, I loved to learn it with astrology. I thought it was really fun that even through the major arcana, there's, you you know, you can see cards that are Aries energy, Taurus. And it's fun if you're like kind of learning, working on learning multiple concepts, there's definitely ways you can weave two things together. And yeah, there's also so much correlation with numerology within the cards too. Do you want to share a little bit about just the numbers as a whole? Because that also can give you so much clarity about what the card is kind of teaching you. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Because then that's also like another way to get a little bit more comfortable with the cards right away too, to have like a basic understanding of what uh, numbers carry their meaning, their energy. Um, and so like the, the deck starts with the fool as the number zero and zero represents like a void space, like, and a beginning, but also an ending and how those two usually coincide with one another. There isn't, we don't experience endings without experiencing some kind of beginning. Um, and then the number one is the first thing to come out of the void space. So the number one has a lot to do with thought and manifestation and like having an idea or like a seed um, that then gets planted and like brought into reality. Um, so in a lot of ways, like the number one can also be associated with new beginnings. Uh, the number two and the number one typically carries like a more masculine polarity or energy to it, like traditional masculine energy, whereas the number two is a little bit more feminine. Um, and it represents things like partnership and like being able to have some kind of reflection. So if one represents like having an idea, then the number two has a lot to do with like being able to bounce your ideas off of something or someone. Um, and just like, you're no longer alone <laughs> when you're mm -hmm. working with number twos. Um, and then the number three has a lot to do with creative energy, which I think is really cool. Um, and it has a lot to do with like the masculine and feminine coming together to birth something into reality, or are you just taking the time and effort to nurture something into reality? Um, and so the number three, I know that's associated with the Empress. Um, and she's this like gorgeous goddess who's pregnant, like very fertile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a very nice, nice, like, uh, it's echoed very nicely in the Empress card. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the number four makes me think about like four legs on a table. It's essentially a very protective energy, um, which is associated with the emperor who comes after the empress. And it's this idea that like now we have something created. Now we have a creation. It's time to protect it. It's time to build a kingdom for this thing to live in. It's time to build a world for this thing to live in. So fours, and that's kind of cool because in, in um, astrology, like in our birth chart, the fourth house has a lot to do with like home and yeah. our upbringing from. Absolutely. Um, and actually like in the birth chart, numerology plays a big role. Like these concepts are echoed. It's so echoed. Yeah, <laughs> Might as well learn it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then five is kind of a rebellious energy. Um, 
five is interesting because in the tarot, the fifth card is the Hierophant. Um, and he has a lot to do with like tradition and upholding tradition. So fives uh, tend to be about conflict <laughs> mm-hmm. and like rebelling out of tradition or like questioning what was built in the energy of like the four and what came before us. Five is where we tend to experience some kind of contrast. And then in like the minor arcana, like when you see the five of wands, when you see the five of swords, like that's, it is conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> challenges pull, here. Challenges, oh, yeah. here. <laughs> challenges. Yeah. Challenge is a good word. We'll pull those cards when we're moving through some kind of challenge, mm-hmm. but it's because something needs to like break apart to be rebuilt. Um, and then the number six has a lot to do with like harmony and balance and beautifying. Um, the number six is the lover's card in the major arcana. Um, but it's also a number that is associated with Venus energy, Venusian energy. And um, it's really about balancing out and beautifying and finding a sense of beauty in what we're moving through. Um, and then the number seven is a very like spiritual number. It's often called like a spiritual bridge. The seven tends seven energy tends to like bridge our like physical manifested world with the spiritual like unmanifested world. And seven has a lot to do with like options. So we see this perfectly in like the seven of cups <laughs> mm-hmm. when there's a lot of different ways we could be moving forward and we don't exactly know like what to do quite yet. Um, but with seven, there's always like an element of like needing to trust and trust yourself and just kind of like pick something and figure it out mm-hmm. and not be afraid to like cross over that bridge and like do something new. Um, and then the number eight uh, has a lot to do with like power and karma. Um, and the number eight's a cool number because if you flip it on its side, it's the infinity symbol. Um, and so eight is associated with the strength card in the major arcana and it really just it represents like the power of gentleness eight eight has a lot to do with like being courageous being courageous enough to like be kind and gentle and um and finding a sense of strength that finding a sense of strength in yourself uh despite and in spite of your karma and in spite and despite of like what you've moved through if that makes sense, like finding strength in your story. Um, And then number nine, uh, which is coincided with the hermit card. It's about wisdom. It's about like graduating, being so close to closing a chapter, reflecting on like everything that you have moved through, reflecting on everything that you've learned um, and really tapping into your own wisdom um, and kind of doing your own thing. (laughs) There's something like uh, maybe isolating, but also just like recluse about the number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but independent. It does, independent. There we go. Yeah. That's the right word. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, uh, the 10 represents like completion, a full circle moment. Um, and then 10 is like the number one and zero coming together. It's like the idea and the void space coming together. And like being able to, um, I don't know, have a better understanding of the big picture. And the 10th card in the major arcana is the wheel of fortune, which is honestly like a, it's a tough card to like fully grasp the wheel Uh, of fortune. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 
But in my opinion, um, at least as of right now, I believe that like the wheel of fortune has a lot to do with the fact that like the wheel is always turning. It's the wheel of life. And we're just like on the wheel of life. Like it's not our responsibility to like make sense of everything. It's just like our responsibility to live out this cycle. And so a 10 represents like the cycle coming to an end. Oh, oh so well said, Kitty. <laughs> love oh. it. <laughs> I love that. And I, yeah, it's so cool to weave it through as a story. I love to hear all of the numbers. And yeah, once you kind of learn those through the major so much of it is mirrored in the minor and then looking at the suit, like, yeah, it can really, you know, help you kind of grasp like which area of life that's kind of probably more likely manifesting. Um, when you just talked about the wheel of fortune card, I got an idea. I will share my, I have a great story with the wheel of fortune card. And then I thought it would be fun. You can share just a wild, yeah. Tarot moment. One that like, you know, stands out because I think we've all had a reading that has been like more profound where they shake you. Some of them shake you. Sometimes they hit you like right where, yeah, you know, you need to hear something. I had the funniest wheel of fortune card that that card has been so relevant in the last like year I've had just so much. And to me, it's kind of like strong spirit guide energy. It's like, you know, but you're also protected and you know, things are shifting, but you know, it's for your favor. And I was having just the hardest day feeling so emotional. I was crying and walking the neighborhood and just having like a good release. And I come home and I always keep my dog in my bedroom. And my tarot deck is like, he never has messed with this stuff before. <laughs> and I open the door and my dog is literally, he had just the tiniest little teeth mark on the Wheel of Fortune card and it's laying right by his paws and he's just looking at me. So I was like, wow. And then the cards are all just kind of piled off to the side and then he just has that one. And then I just start crying like even harder. And I'm just like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> like He just pulls this card for me. I like definitely like just read through just the meaning again and I felt in that moment like so synced up with everything even though it was so overwhelming that all of this is for like a higher purpose and my dog was my tarot reader so there's a story <laughs> for you oh my god that's awesome that's crazy it was there's just a little tooth mark in that card now <laughs> and so I can always spot it I'm like oh we'll see what we get <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool though yeah. Did you have a tarot, a particular reading that, you know, stood out to you? Mm. The first one that comes to mind is a reading that I did um, for like on TikTok, like a collective reading. Uh -huh. um, and at the time, <laughs> at the time, um, I have worked for Starbucks <laughs> for uh -huh. like five years this is the first time in my life where like I'm not working at a Starbucks in a very long time but at the time of me doing the reading um I didn't have a job like I had quit the Starbucks that I was at and like didn't know if I wanted to like actually go back to that company or do something different and so the reading that I gave for the collective was something along the lines of um like you're gonna find yourself in a situation and it's going to be similar to like what you've moved through in the past, but it was something about like having a lot of freedom when it comes to your time and your schedule and just being um, 
blown away by how easy it is. I forget the exact wording of it, but it was something where like, I was just pumping out a collective reading, Jen. (laughs) And Uh I I was robotic about it. I was just saying whatever was coming through. And it was something very basic. It was about the fact that like, you're going to find yourself in a situation where like, I don't know, your schedule is, you just have so much more control over your schedule, essentially. And then maybe a couple weeks later, I, I applied to a bunch of different Starbucks locations, like just trying to find a job. And the first one to reach back to me was this location. Um, and I was living in uh, uh, New York at the time. So it was a location in Manhattan that was mobile order only. Ooh. <laughs> Closed on the weekends. Nice. I, I didn't even know that existed. And so for that to land in my lap. Um, and then that reading just comes right to the <laughs> forefront. Really cool. I was like, holy crap. I read myself and I didn't even realize it. Um, I love that. <laughs> such a like that it, being at that store was so wild. I did not know anything like that existed. And it, I had such a good time. Like that was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. Amazing. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And it's that's a very cool point to make too that like this is why I think it can get a little crazy if you're pulling cards like all day, a day, because some of the time the stuff, the stuff from the reading will hit like a little bit after and it's wild. And yeah, the cards will just like come to mind at that moment. It feels like kind of a full circle, like it's pieced together and you're realizing like, whoa, yeah, that that's what they were trying to tell me. And I had to kind of live a little bit to like have it sit in, but it's yeah. The synchronicities that can happen with the cards is just really, really beautiful. And I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it sounds like your affirmation stuff. That's amazing that you have that book. Do you have any recommendations of, I have like the writer tarot card deck any recommendations of what you have like found or card suggestions for listeners? Mm, um, I really don't. I, I love the writer deck, the, excuse me, the writer weight deck. Yeah. Uh, that was my first deck too. Uh, and I think because so much uh, stuff on the internet and even books are like centered around that specific deck, I do think it can be helpful to like have that one. Um, but no, honestly, I think it, in my opinion, like you just reach for whatever you're intuitively drawn to, like you reach for whatever deck seems most exciting to you that you like want to use and want to spend time with. Um, and I have seen uh, cool decks where like the definitions of each card is like on the deck is like on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen those where like, yeah, you- that's nice. Uh huh. So for beginners like that, I think would be awesome to just like have to use but really I think you should just grab whatever you feel excited (laughs) to use and mess around with yeah because you definitely I think all of us early on like all these cards and all these it's such a it's such a fun like artist production too I just think it's so beautiful how people put their own stamp on all of it I have definitely more decks than I need but 
it's really cool because you can, yeah, you're, you're wanting to develop a relationship with that debt. Cause that's when the synchronicities get even crazier, right? Where you put your attention is also yeah. where you send energy. And when you spend time with the deck, the stories and the accuracy of everything get so much more real. Cause you're developing a relationship with it and a way to tune in to higher self or whatever sources for you. And yeah, that's definitely what I think the main takeaway is with the card decks. Mm-hmm. And then um, what might be fun for people that like do want to like get a hold of the Rider weight, sometimes it can be helpful to like just have an Oracle deck that you use in tandem with like yeah. a traditional tarot deck too. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Then you can get, uh, yeah, even just another like level of clarity. I love that. Well, Kitty, this has been so fun. I uh, thank you all for attending a little mini tarot school. And yeah, how can our listeners send love and support you? How, yeah, all the social media handles, all the things. All right. I am uh, Kitty Nor K-I-T-T-Y-K-N-O-R-R on like all of my social media platforms. So Instagram, TikTok. Twitter, all the things. Um, I have that book out, Tarot Affirmations, for anyone who's interested in learning how to read tarot through um, a collection of affirmations. Uh, it definitely helps. Like, uh, it definitely makes it a little bit more personalized and definitely takes a little bit of the overwhelm out of the way. Uh, and I, you can get your hands on like a free PDF of my book when you subscribe to my newsletter on my website. Um, But if you're ready to dive deep and learn more about tarot, I also sell a little tarot course on that website too. My website. (laughs) Amazing. And what's the website? Uh, (laughs) Kittynor.com. Perfect. Stay consistent. I love that. Well, this has been so amazing. We so appreciate you sharing your soul with us and just your knowledge. And thank you to all the listeners for listening to another episode of Awaken Together. And we'll see you later. Bye, Kitty. Yeah.